let's go man let's go we are live it is brp episode 90 back again with your most gracious host kalar the most serious alongside a man like ryan still not being a dick daring it famous last words mm. and uh yeah big up to ryan for jumping in on the brb recording today um, shout out to our usual co-hosts. Ben isn't with us today, and uh, neither is. Oh my God! You know when my mind just went blank and I completely forgot a man's name. This is absolutely ridiculous. Ash, why did that happen to me? I don't know, man. Ash is currently uh, predisposed, probably uh, breaking Corona laws in some way, shape, or form. Oof. Um, the I don't, guys, I don't know the ins and outs of it, innit? And I'm not, Bad man. I'm, I'm, I'm not one to speculate. Road man. But we could just say he's doing organised crime. Right. Pretty much, innit? Do you know what I mean? Probably like smuggling some dr- drugs and guns somewhere, doing something he's, like that. He's yeah. boofing pills. That's why Ash isn't joining us today, because he's boofing. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought he was doing a drug run. Like, he had some stuff in the boot, and you know what I mean? He was going up and down the country. He didn't really have the time to record. He's cunch. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Ashton, man. Come back soon, bro- broski. Give me. Don't get pinched by the roses. Yeah, man. Um, I'm sure Ash will be all right. You know, he's on his P's and Q's. Fucking mm. avoid him. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. He keeps that dang on him. That dang. The strally. Uh, allegedly. All this is allegedly, by the way. <laughs> Word on the street is... Um, oh, I've talked too much. Yeah, man. So right now, as we record, Chelsea FC are playing. Premier League kicked off again after international week. Oh man, yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on this game? Is this going to be three points? Uh, it's looking like three points, but with Chelsea, depends what kind of team shows up in the day. Depends on who who who's on it. So I have to wait and see, man. With a lot of, well, no, with a lot. This season, last season as well, being, you know, the corona seasons, you kind of just have to kind of, you just don't know what's going to happen, man. There's, there's, there's no, there's no certainty anywhere. So wherever we'll be, we'll be. Uh, yeah. But shout you know out to what? the guys. I didn't even see the lineup, you know. Let me have a look at the lineup and see if Pulisic made the team real quick. Yeah, probably. Probably, well, like, this is the kind of game you should get a start in, yeah? Well, I don't know. Let's have a look. Uh, yeah, he's playing. On the left, number 10. Well, look at that. Who'd have thunk it? Go on. Um, honestly, if you guys don't win this game, there could be banner because this is West Brom, bro. This, is, this, this should be three points. And you're at home. And you're in good form. And you've got no injuries in that. Not this season. Not this season. There's no excuse in it. This should be three points. So let's see. Let's see. We've got, we got Lion. We've got Ryan live on the line while the game is on. This is interesting. If you hear any kind of screaming and wailing, it's probably because West Brom scored. I wouldn't scream and wail because I know that if there's issues in our squad, they're going to be addressed. You, on the other hand, don't worry about it. Well, what are we talking about today anyway, man? Let's get into this. We've got a few things to talk about, man. Um... Boxing, I forgot to put boxing. Like obviously the notes are bare minimum. We're going rag on today. It's just, you know what I mean? Improv, we're just gonna do this thing. We've got Correct. a couple of sort of things to talk about though. But boxing wise, like I would love to talk real quick about the main man, mm-hmm. Dillian White. Did you watch the Dillian White fight? 
He fight. He free fight. He fought Polovkin, right? Vetkin, the the rematch. Vetkin. I'll be honest with you. I have very little interest in interest in boxing. Full stop. Wow. Like, it's cool. I've been to a live boxing event and it looked interesting. And I thought to myself, yeah, I could do that. I could probably get in the ring and swing fists with the best of them. Based on absolute, you know, absolutely nothing. I did judo for years. Uh, didn't didn't really do any, um, you know, throwing fists. But I, I still reckon about six months training, I could probably take on a Dubois at least. But, um, yeah, no, I don't really follow boxing like that. Oh, fair enough, man. Um, who, who won? Who got who got the the KO? Well, yeah, it was Dillian that got the dub, man. He needed it because mm. he's trying to get himself back into contention for a title fight, right? Mm. He wants that title shot, and he's he's been going for so long, and he's such a durable, solid fighter. I do think he deserves a chance at the title, man. Um, so you know, like this is the second fight against Povetkin. In the first one, he looked like he was in control and he was going to knock Povetkin out, and then he just got caught by a loose one, knocked mm. out. So rematch, he dealt with Povetkin. I think it was the fourth or the fifth round he stopped him in, finished him, serious left hook, knocked him out, um, which is kind of what you thought was going to happen in the first fight anyway. So it's just like, all right, he's back on track. Um, he's looking good, man. He's in good shape. Like he's not. He's never been like you know, like the most athletic-looking boxer. Like how hey, you got like a an Anthony Joshua who just looks like ripped, like yeah. super athletic. So he's never been like that. But he's getting. He looks he's looking in good shape now, man. Like I don't know. Maybe he's 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 got his head down and he started thinking more about how am I really gonna win this title? Maybe I need to to work a bit harder in the gym or something. I don't know. But yo, man. I'm I'm excited to see what what's gonna happen in the future. Is he one of those guys who's like getting bumped because he can't fight AJ? Well, I don't know. The thing with boxing is, yeah, it's political, isn't it? It's like, you know, you might say like, do you follow Shannon Briggs or do you know about Shannon Cannon? I know, I know, I know. So he's a monster, isn't he? He's a big, powerful guy. Like he's he's an old guy now, but. He's still got value in it. He can hurt people. He could knock people out, man. And people know that. And I think because of that, he can't fight. Like, he's trying to. He's trying to promote himself. He's trying to get himself in the ring. He's trying to get fights. Nobody wants to fight him, man. Um, so, unfortunately, sometimes you can be really, really good. but Or maybe even you can be too good and people don't want to fight you. Like, he's been trying to call out Mike Tyson after Mike Tyson started doing these... Um, you know, these uh, these promotions with Triller, you know, where you got the retired fighters that are kind of coming back and having a little exhibition match. I'm calling out Tyson. Tyson's not really responding. So, you know, Tyson's it, it could had be... his little payday, bruv. Tyson's had his payday. He doesn't really need to come and do that. Uh, it seems like Shannon Briggs is trying to make it fill his pockets, bruv. But the reality is Shannon Briggs would be a big problem for Mike Tyson, man. So if you're Mike Tyson, you, you probably want to keep your I'm Mike Tyson reputation intact, isn't it? If you go up against Shannon Briggs and then he knocks you out or he just beats you and it's embarrassing that like you can't even lay a glove on him, it's not going to be a good look. But the terms of the fights, like the Mike Jackson fight with uh, Roy Jones Jr. was like no knockouts. You could barely punch. Like, there were so many restrictions on the fight that like, it wasn't even... The thing is, because these guys are like retired, yeah, nobody really wants to see a knockout. Nobody really wants to see violence. 
they just Some kind old of head get, uh, they head kind of want to see yeah you know what i mean they, they kind of want to see chess you know they just kind of want to see just what the jab get the points you know win the round duck and dive mm-hmm. you know hit don't get hit that's what they want to see um which is great but tyson don't box like that man he was coming for blood like he was trying to get all up inside ray jones man and ray jones had to keep coming in for the clinch <laughs> grab him hugging him hugging him yeah. like he's like he's his child or something but you know but once again i just want to announce that uh chelsea have scored Ah oh, um, man, he scored Pulisic. Uh, no, it's free kick, probably Alonso. I got this flipping delay, man, because I got the BT Sports right. Oh wait, it was Pulisic. Sorry, mate. What? Say, wash my mouth. It was Pulisic. Alonso with a free kick, Pulisic with the tapping. No, Pulisic with the goal. Tapping. No, it's all good, man. Let me head to Twitter and just quickly uh, send out a quick at bear at bant. What? Um, I promote Twitter, what? man. How, how do you oh, find Bear Rap and Batman on BRBRB? How, how do you find you on, on Twitter? Let, you, let your, your, your handle be known. Well, everybody everybody listening to this knows the handle. We shout out so much, they can't forget it. It's at Bear Rap Bants. I'm going there right now to uh, take the piss. God, I might tag Nate in it as well. The witch hunt is still on. That's cool. You're going to find one. <laughs> big, price tag, big price tag on this youth, man. Almost 60 million. Mm-hmm. Where's the end product? Coming in it. John Stones is about 60 million. He's only got good this year. Um, we move though. We move. We move. We move. Shout out to Stones though. He's he's definitely looking like a quality player right now. 100. Um, you catch some of the uh, the games in the international week. I did catch some of the games, and England were disappointing as per. Oh, snap. Yeah, I turned this game off. Yeah, England were disappointing. England were disappointing. Um, and, oh, uh, red card for Thiago. Hey, man. This is BRV. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you missed play on last week, so this is your chance to catch up, mate. No, we've got VAR coming in. Don't worry about it, man. It's going to get overturned. But, um, yeah, man. I mean... Uh, yeah, it, England was disappointing, and, and I, it, I I shouldn't have expected anything else really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, good. Did, did you did you catch Kieran Tierney getting a hat trick of assists for Scotland? No, but shout out to Kieran Tierney. That, um, he, he's he's. I hope that Arsenal. This is not see. This is how you know I'm not a hater. I hope that Arsenal can build around him, not build around him. Yeah, no. I hope Arsenal can build a team. Um, in the time that he needs to stay there. Mm. Like, I hope that they that in the next two, maybe three years, they improve the team enough for him to be like, all right, cool, I'll stay. Because, yeah, I said out of all the Arsenal players, everyone always gassed about Emil Smith-Rowe or Saka. For me, Tierney is the one who is looking most likely to, to reach the upper echelon. So, yeah, man. You're killing him, man. What do you mean about I'll stay? Like, he's only just got here. Like, the fans love him. The fans gas Tierney more than Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. He's our, like, everybody sees him as our future captain. We love him. And, and he's not going anywhere. what happens to your future captains with great talent? But listen, we haven't really had a player like Kieran Tierney in a long time. You know, one, obviously Arsenal's known for bringing in players with 
excellent technique. So generally, when you're looking for players with the best technique, you just kind of go for the best person for the job, which is not always a, a British national. Um, so it's nice for us to have a British national that has decent techers and has that kind of the grit that you expect from a British player as well. And that kind of passion plays with heart and the fans love to see it, you know, and he scores goals. He gets assists. He, he loves the tackle, helps us to, to defend well. And man, he's just an, an incredible player. I see what you mean about he has potential to push on. Some people would say he's better than Robertson. Um, Thiago Silva's looking real old he's got two bloody yellow cards in this game got himself sent off in the first 29 minutes but anyway um, so yeah 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 the future's bright at Arsenal man the future's bright I think when you look at players like Gabriel Tierney like you said uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka like, you can see that there's a core of good young players that we have that we can build around and I think, and I think this is this is the plan for Arteta right now. It's a rebuild project, yeah? Project. He didn't just come in to be like one and two seasons and try and win the league, yeah? Which is kind of what you bring Mourinho in for. I'm not sure why Spurs have done that, but that's what they've gone for, isn't it? But we haven't gone for a Mourinho-type manager. We've gone for a new manager, and we've gone for a total rebuild project. So the manager's going to be here for a long time. He's bringing in new young players that are going to be in for a long time. And you've got to give us maybe maybe five years to see, you know, to, to see what, what Mikel Arteta can really do. Um, and in about five years' time, what, Tini's going to be about 28? He'll be in his prime? Or yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe past maybe. the prime. Maybe, maybe prime is coming a bit earlier these days. But, you know, it, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the future at Arsenal, man. This season is obviously a bit of a mazzle. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Let's see what happens in the future. I'm, I'm confident, bro. If we get the signings, obviously, Odegaard as well. Come on, man. You must, you must be feeling Odegaard. Odegaard doesn't belong to you. He's going home in about three months. <laughs> Zidane said he's coming home. I don't know what I was talking about. Zidane's what? already come out and said he's coming home. No. When? A yeah. uh, couple of days ago. Because Alex, shout out to Alex. Alex was has been talking shit about Odegaard, saying he has the potential to be world class. And I was like, eh, okay, cool. Um, relax, first of all. Secondly, um, he's going back home. So then Alex pulled up the story and Zidane said, yeah, he's coming home, mate. I don't know what all this talk about him staying at Arsenal is, but he's he's coming back to Spain, to Madrid. I actually just don't believe you. That's cool. Uh, you believe just, it when he's not there next season. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Arsenal. Yeah, shout out to Arsenal. Shout out to Alex as well. Um, I, I, you know, I've just typed in Odegaard and Zidane to see if I can find anything. Um... But I'm not really finding a solid source that I can really say, okay, you know, Sky Sports have said ABC. It's all like trash, like the sun and stuff like that. Footballspaniel.net, what are they saying? Oh, Zidane's actually really done something here with Football Spaniel, you know? Mm-hmm. What, like a proper interview? What's going on? Zidane on Odegaard's Real Madrid exit. He demanded it. I told him to stay and fight. But it wasn't to be. Ooh. So that kind of tells us that Odegaard really just wants to play, man. He doesn't want to sit on the bench at Madrid. He wants to play. And now that he's here, you know, <laughs> we've seen his quality. And he wants to stay, man. You know he wants to stay. 
Um, apparently, he said that, you know, he knows he's a Real Madrid player. So, you know, he likes Arsenal. You know, if he, if he stays, great. But if he doesn't, you know, he's happy to return to Real Madrid. He's not going to force for a move to Arsenal or anything like that. You know, he's a professional. Um, yeah, he is. He appears to be. <laughs> he's a good egg, man. He's not on social media and all of that. You know, he's not into the hype. You're not going to hear about him uh, drawing down Icelandic women in them type, type of thing there. You know what I mean? He's just keeping it 100% professional. And he's only a young man as well. He's, what, 22? It's, it's, it's good to see that we can recruit recruit players of that quality. Of what quality? Odegaard quality. Which is what? Uh, you know what? Cool, in it? What do you mean? Have you seen the league table? Yeah. So you know we're like an average mid-table side. And we're recruiting 22-year-old players from Real Madrid. But Royston Drenthe came from Real Madrid. I hear you, yeah. But Martin Odegaard isn't Royston Drenthe. Like, he's always been a wonder kid from, like, his whole... Didn't he, didn't he, like, sign for Real Madrid at, like, 17? 16. And then ever since then, he was playing elsewhere. He's just, he just been developing, man. I don't yeah, see him being... Yeah. I don't I don't put the club as, you know, anything. But, yeah, shout out to him, though. Martin Odegaard. Yeah, make, the, make, the, make your choices. There is talk. There is talk about what's going to happen, right? Because if he leaves, what else are we going to do? What else are we looking at? There's talk that we're trying to sign him. There's talk that that there's a huge transfer fee being slapped on him, which you can understand for Real Madrid, right? He's playing well for Arsenal. They, they might think, yeah, we can get some good money here if we're not going to keep him. But there's talk that there's other good players on the market as well, man. Fakir might be available. Um, Jabala from Juventus might be available. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. If you, like, I, I do like Martin. Close. I do like Martin. But those... Any of those three, they're all good options to have, man. And Buendia's still still thrown around at all. Um, Spurs should go for Dybala, 100%. 100%. I don't want to see that. I want to see it, because they're going to have to replace Kane somehow. Are you saying Kane's going to leave in the summer? I think Kane's going to leave in the summer. I think that Spurs can't offer him what he needs as a footballer, which is, you know bigger trophies he can win all the individual awards in the world and let's let's not turn our noses up noses up at all the golden the golden boots and the flipping even the world cup golden boot to, to win that as an english player it's nothing to you know nothing to sniff at so uh he's missing out on those major trophies man he if he was to join i can't even say by munich but he needs to, he needs to join a big club because he needs to to win trophies ASAP and the little Carling Cup, they're out of Europa. It's like that's not enough, bruv. Dead that's team. not enough. You can't be in the conversation of being one of the top five strikers in the world and have no major trophies. Dead. Mm, that's dead. I mean, see, this is the thing. That was like that. was like a an Alan Shearer kind of situation, wasn't it? Like, although he did win the league at Blackburn, didn't he? He did. To be fair, he did when SAS was, was slapping goals. And, um, but te- if you take that away, you could say it's like an Alan Shearer type of situation where, you know, 
he hasn't won anything really. He hasn't won a lot of trophies, but he's known as a top, 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 top quality striker. And he puts the ball in the back of the net on a consistent basis. And he could score goals for anyone. Everybody knew, you know, he could have gone abroad and he could have been slapping goals for anyone. Alan Shearer. And it's the same kind of thing with with Harry Kane. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not so confident that he would leave in the summer. I do wonder what's going on with Mourinho and if Kane has bought into Mourinho's vision. And if it's a situation where Kane's thinking, you know, I, I don't agree with the way Mourinho's doing things, he could go and talk to Daniel Levy, man. And, and it could be Mourinho out. You know, he's had a couple of seasons now and things haven't really been going very well, have they? He's, he's brought in some signings. And it's been, he's had 18 months. It's been all right. He's brought in some signings and... Mm, has any of those signings been incredible? Like I know how much you like in Dombele. He's been incredible. Hoiberg has been incredible. He's been good for us. Um, Regulon, I like a lot. Um, but I think it's mostly just Doherty that hasn't worked out really, isn't it? But yes, when you look yes. at their when you look at their league position, have those signings really really contributed and, and helped Spurs to to push on? Because that's what they're supposed to be doing, right? I think that um, they've been let down by the defence, bruv. They've been let down by their centre-backs massively, be it Dyer, Alderweireld, even Serge Aurier at times. Um, who's the other guy? Um, Sanchez. He's a, um, a bonehead. I feel, uh, I feel, I feel what, like... What, what, what Gundogan did to him, but he's never going to lift that down. That, go, that one goes down in Premier League history. Above, <laughs> he, he is he's got all the all the agility and none of the ability he's just he has a great Bars. car but a rubbish engine he is just he's just he's just a mindless he just comes across he comes across like the Hulk just all broad no brains um, kind of like Mangala from Man, Man City had all the physical attributes but the talent and the reading and the timing mm. nah it's not there for me man but enough football. Um, all that comes on Play On Podcast. Uh, podcast Play On. Uh, check that out. Uh, we're going to be doing the next one in a, in a week. Yeah, man. So, we're going uh, yeah. on to the next. On on to the next one. Um, I'm trying to think of a segue here, but I ain't got one, man. Ah, just dump it on them. Football, sports, athletic, fitness. My God. Have you seen this new Michael Dapper show? A fitness-based show called Belly Must Go. I've seen adverts for it, but I'll keep it real funky. Michael Dapper is the my least favourite of the young presenters. Man, what? Yeah, he's the le- I find him the least funny. You say the most um, controversial stuff, man. No, I didn't say he's not funny. I just said he. I find him the least funny. I, I'd find him to. I, I just enjoy him less than I enjoy someone like Chunks, Philly, Harry Pinero, um, Maya. Who's Harry Pinero? I have to Google him. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. 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 That out of the lot. He does I the just, uh, wall of comedy and, and stuff like that. Yeah, even obviously we've got Mo. We've got Mo. He's there. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I just I, I I don't I enjoy Michael Dapper the least. Um, shout out to him though. Uh, I I understand like a fitness based thing. We saw something similar with um, 
what's his name? Kevin Hart, where he used to just buck people in the hot tub and they used to do certain things, like maybe do a little spin class whilst chatting. So I've kind of seen the concept before, but um, yeah, nah, not, not See, for me. That kind of upsets me hearing you say that, man, because Dapper is a whole comedian. And you don't think he's funny? I think he's hilarious, man. I, I, I didn't say he's not funny. Don't, don't misquote me, man. I said he's the least funny. I'd love. Yeah, but yeah, but the, the saying that he's the least funny, like out of a bunch of people who present shows and then crack jokes, but he's a whole comedian. Well, then maybe he should stick to some <laughs> maybe he should stick to the stage telling jokes by himself. I don't want to see him talk to people. I just don't, you know, particularly care like that. All right, that, that, I don't know. I personally, I find him to be a very entertaining man. Um, I don't right. think like, I don't think anybody listening to this watched Belly Must Go and think that it isn't a good show. I think everyone, if you like Bear Up and Banner, you're gonna like Belly Must Go. Go and watch it. It's on his YouTube channel, Michael Dapper on YouTube. First episode, he was with Big Nasty, and it was hilarious. So I ain't explained the premise of the show. So what he does, right, is he gets people. It's a brand new show. He gets people to come with him to his gym, right? And they do a workout and then he quick fires questions at them while they're working out. So people are like getting out of breath. They're working out and then they got to think fast and answer questions. It's a really good idea. And it's, and it's actually quite funny, man. Um, and, uh, you know, Big Nasty, like he's got his, uh, he's got his little, his little style of bands already as well. Do you know what I mean? Skinny so Nasty. Nasty's <laughs> like hell of a So Big Nasty times Dapper was was actually a dope combination to see them bouncing off of each other. Um, My Jam was quite funny as well. I like her, and um, so she's on the, the second episode. My Jammer times Michael Dapper. It's like it's like you know he's he's handpicking his guests. He's getting good talent on there, and they're producing a very entertaining show. I think everyone should watch it, man. It's dope. Um, and shout out to Big Nasty for forgetting his training on. Like, I haven't noticed him losing weight, to be honest. Bruv, go to his Instagram, bruv. He is skin. Yeah. I've seen um, Action Bronson losing some weight. Like, he's been going hard in the gym. He's just posting everything on Instagram as well. And it's it's it's, it's beautiful to see it, man. Because he, he's been a really overweight guy. Much bigger than Big Nasty, I think. Mm. Um, but he seems to be doing a lot of strength work. Like he's going hard, he's lifting weights, big weights as well. Um, and uh, yeah, if he keeps going like that, man, he's not only is he just going to lose weight, but he's actually going to be, he's just going to be in incredible shape, man. Because if, if you see the way he's training, what he's doing, he's strong as, he's strong as shit. He's lifting, bro. Proper like lifting. Damn. <laughs> All right, shout out to Action Punchman, man. All right, he, he could end up like a wrestler or something, bro. I'm serious, because he's a big guy already. And the way he's lifting... He's quite short, though, isn't he? Oh, how tall is Action Bronson? That's a Google. How tall? Does Google know everything like that? Will Google be able to answer that question? Well, Google has all the answers. Or... Action. Yeah, look, they predicted the text I was going to write. I clicked 1.74 meters. I hate these American metrics, man. What is that? There's an actual website called celebheights.com. Like, the people type this stuff all the time. How tall is are certain celebrities? Yes. Did you know that Jackie Chan's taller than Usher? <laughs> that is the most random fact. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope that can help me win a pub quiz one day. Thank you. But, um, one day, man. 
Uh, apparently, Action Bronson's in that same category because he's five foot six. Damn. According to celebheights.com, 167 centimeters. Yeah, that's short, man. I didn't realize that. I actually went to see him live. I went to see him live um, when he came to Camden years ago. And he walked through the crowd. And he got right up in front of me, man. Right up, right up close and personal. But I didn't feel like he was short. Maybe it was because he was walking, like, coming from the stage. And he went from the stage. Uh, and then he, he was walking along and downstairs and stuff. And then he sort of went downstairs past me through the crowd and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but five foot six, that just feels wrong, man. I thought he was much bigger than that. Mm. He's shaped like a patch of tuna. That's a compliment. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Bailey must go. I feel like it's something that everyone should do, man. Have you been doing any training in lockdown? Uh, no. I've been trying to change my diet, but I haven't been doing any training. Okay. It's long, man. It's long. Can't avoid. Can't avoid. I'd rather just watch my diet. Oh, 1-1. One, one. I didn't even see uh, West Brom got a cheeky equaliser there. Yeah, I didn't mention it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I wonder why. Um, yeah, watching your diet and that, like, is good. But, like, whenever I was talking to trainers, they always say diet is 70% of what you're mm. trying to achieve, right? If, you're, yeah. if you've got some kind of a fitness goal, you train, but your diet is, is, is the most important. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's good. To, to actually have a good lifestyle that includes eating healthy food. Like, we were talking about that just before we started recording, weren't we? Mm-hmm. But with the lockdown situation we've been in in the last year, I think it's more important for people to focus on activity. Or well, we're almost out of lockdown, so it's a bit of a had focused on, should have focused on. But, yeah, activity, in it Because we're all going to be living a sedentary lifestyle, sedentary, I don't even know how you say the word. We're all going to be sitting down for long periods. We're all going to be, you know, restricted to only one hour a day of, of getting out and being active. So it's important that we do use that one hour and we, we do we do get active. Or if we're going to be in the yard, we do stuff at home, you know. I think a lot of people have done because I tried to buy some weights and it was just sold out. Like at the start of lockdown. Everywhere I was looking, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. So it was like, fucking hell, man, everyone's got the same idea. Like, now that I've got all this time to do a workout and, you know, and improve my physical fitness. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, I haven't done that. Oh, it's 2-1 to West Bromwich Albion. Let's Told you, man. go. Is that, the, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that Robinson celebrating? Was that Robinson's goal? That's no, Pereira again. This, brother, this season, anything can happen. I saw the pain in Ashville Equator's face. <laughs> I shouldn't even be laughing because I've got James in my fantasy team, man. Mm. He was on my bench and I thought, no, nah, Chelsea are definitely getting a clean sheet today. Look at that. Why would you think that? <laughs> Why would I think you're definitely getting a clean sheet? Because I just... Oh, we, well, we haven't conceded much. I just think West Brom hasn't been great, man. Like, Big Sam teams usually fight a bit more than what I've seen from this West Brom team. And I don't think he's had enough time to work his magic. 
he had the January transfer window. He couldn't really bring in the type of players that he's known for bringing in. Like he's brought in Ainsley, Maitland, Niles on loan. Much love to the U. Like he's one of our Arsenal boys, isn't it? But I just feel like if you're in a relegation scrap fight for your lives, maybe AMN isn't the ideal player for that scenario. Yeah. So, and because it's circumstance, isn't it? Like right in the middle of the season, who is even available? You know, clubs have already planned their whole season. They're not going to let their best players go. You're just going to be able to get whatever you can get. And I suppose maybe just having a fresh face from Big Sam's perspective, maybe just having a fresh face is enough because you've got people who are, you know, demoralised, isn't it? They've been in this situation all season and, you know, they're kind of out of energy. They're out of ideas. And so you just need fresh faces to come in and be like, yep, let's go, lights, and and try and galvanise everyone with, you know, new ideas, mm. new energy, new perspective. Um, so maybe just that is enough to to do something. I don't know. Big Sam will know more than me. We should get him on the next episode of Player. Yeah, we'll chat to him. You should listen to the last one. We had uh, DJ House Stewart on. Shout out to How. And um, yeah, he dropped some gems and jewels, man. That was a really dope episode. Um, I'm so gassed, bro. I just want to talk football all the time now. I'm really getting into this. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? season ah the, the actual work that we're doing there man it's like oh. football journalism mm. Mm. it's dope man enjoying it um but yeah we talked about michael dapper and Bailey must go have you seen his other show no what's this now well it's just another show isn't it no i've not seen it <laughs> i've not seen it <laughs> Um, so basically the belly must go is the second show that he started up recently, but he's also got another show that he started up. Um, I'm not actually even sure what it's called, but basically the idea of, uh, yeah, we need to talk, but it's a great time to be on YouTube right now. There's so much dope content out, man. So we need to talk is like a show where Michael Dapper sits down with people who I believe are his friends. It could be just, you know, people from the industry, but the way the conversation comes across, it comes like they like a lot of them know each other, or at least they all know him. Um, and they just have some very frank, candid, honest conversations. So it's kind of like a podcast, uh, but with, you know, Michael Dapper and friends. And so on the first episode, it was Mo the Comedian, Rio Ferdinand, um, I think it's uh, Julie Adenuga. Yeah, um, I'm looking, I'm looking at it now. It looks like that was, that was a, the first and only episode of We Need to Talk released so far. Um, yeah, he's rounded up the usual suspects for a chat. Man, that's such a bleak summary, the usual suspects. Bro, they're all dope in their own right. Shout out yeah, to man. Them. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, no, it was a dope lineup. Put some respect on their names. It was a dope lineup, and it was great content. Go and watch it. We need to talk season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode um, one, season one <laughs> finale as well. <laughs> no, I reckon it's. You know what? He's a busy man. Like he's got stuff going on. You go on his Instagram, you just see him popping up in Dubai or somewhere like that. Like, come on, man. Like, like he's he's doing stuff. Yeah, and respect to Michael. Everyone Jackson. in his circle is doing stuff as well. So for them to find the right time to sit down and 
and do something like this. Like, I just think it's dope that we're getting to see that, man, for free, free content. You know. Um, but yeah, another one smashing out some dope free content is Mo Gilligan as well. Um, have you seen his channel recently? No, what's he doing? Right, you need to get on YouTube, man. These guys are the, you know, the movers and the shakers of 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 social media right now, man. They're the top boys, the trendsetters. We, you know, we, we gotta see, we gotta know what's going on with these guys, man. The trendsetters, the go getters, the do betters. Jeez, boy, you just, just interviewing people. <laughs> why yeah, that's you, what it looks like. Why are you in this kind of mood today, man? No, but it's, I just, it's, it's whatever, isn't it? Cool, we get this with Chucky, we get this with Mo, we get this with Michael Dapper, we get this with flipping everyone, bro. I, 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 I'm just, I, I don't care. Like, really, really and truly, I, I, I cool with it. It's like, I'm I just hearing the same people talk. Shout out right, to you, well, man. He's put together an actual show, yeah? It's called the Mo Gilligan Podcast. Yeah. So I'm bigging him up in it because yeah, man. he's do. doing it. He's doing it large, like in terms of being like from people from our generation and from the black community, he's doing triple A shit, bro. He's doing it big. Like, come on, man. He's sitting down with Munya Ch- uh, Chihuahua. Chihuahua. I can't say his name. Uh, how, how do you say it? I don't know. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I say Munya and even that. Um, who I don't find funny. But I don't find him funny, bro. I find it all forced. Oh, I can't one. stand it, bro. Nah, man. So you don't find that or that funny compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. But you don't find Munya funny at all. I find him corny a lot of the time. And that unknown P thing, or unknown T, what is it? I swear it's unknown P. Yeah. I just don't find that funny. Everyone kept sharing it to me. I'm like, rapper. I just, yeah, I just don't find this whole that's, thing funny. You see, that's a format that um, that Michael Dapper created, isn't it? And everybody's jumped on that wave, and everybody's been successful doing it, man. No, the spoof, the spoof rap thing is older flipping Weird Al Yankovic, but I just don't. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it's not Michael Dapper that created it, but he popularized it with his Big Shot character. Roll Safe probably is the first one to popularize it in the UK in in this modern social media era. But then after him, Big Shaq kind of took it to a next level. Like, Big Shaq was so big, it was like the guy was going to America and and, and selling records over there and, and doing interviews and radio stations where people actually thought he was a legitimate artist. Like, it wasn't, they didn't think he was a joke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. He's he just basically doing what Ali G did 20 years ago. Oh, come on, man. Look. Michael, I said Michael, Michael Dapper created Dapper it. Listen, all due Michael respect, he didn't create shit. Ali G was doing that 20 years ago. He's an influential character. Like, he's bigger than a comedian. He's bigger than, like, like you know what I mean? Presenter or whatever you want to call it. You can call him a public figure if you want. He's a top boy still. Yeah, man. Shout and to you know what? And I ain't giving Ali G too much credit, man, because I, like, I don't like what Sasha Baron Cohen does, man. He destroys people, man. How so? Who's destroyed? All right. So when when we talked about his new movie, um, The Dictator Two, yeah, mm. no, not The Dictator, Borat Two, yeah, I was saying how I wouldn't like it if he done it to me. What he done to Borat and the Kazakhstan people, the image, the way he's portrayed the people of Kazakhstan, yeah. Mm. But he kind of has done it to me when he done his Ali G character. Um, 
Because when you think about it, yeah, all that character needed to do was to wear blackface, and then everybody would see it for what it really is. It's a it's a negative portrayal of a black man from the streets in the UK. I disagree. What is it? Because I is black. I disagree. I, that's not the character he was playing. It's, it's, it's a it's a racist. It's a racist character, man. It's a racist portrayal, a negative portrayal of a black person, man. Black no, man. It, he's actually portraying an Asian guy who thinks he he is quote thinks he is quote unquote black. It's not supposed to be him being himself black. That's why his name's Ali. An Asian guy who thinks he's black. All right, that's that's actually kind of hilarious, but. I'm not so sure, man. I'm not so sure, man. Uh, well, so sure about all of that, man. Either, either way, you can, you can everything more, or you, or you, or you, or you don't. That's, that's yeah. it's, it's all good. I mean, I mean, the thing is, the guy's funny. Yeah, the guy's funny. But what he does, it rubs people out the wrong way. Like, if I could take offence to it, I'm sure somebody more learned than me, like maybe a, a Shola, Doctor Shola Amos, she could take offence to it, and she could explain exactly why this is so racist and so offensive to black people. To her, she can't speak for the whole black community. Yeah, this is true. Um, everyone, and, um, everyone be offended individually, innit? Yeah, and the thing is, the difference between the way other people do their comedy, like, we talked about Michael Dapper and kind of comparing, like, Big Shaq with Ali G and whatever, right? The difference with Big Shaq is it's not really being offensive to people from a group. Like, so when Sasha does his movies, he kind of picks on a group of people and he clowns them. Like, he's done Bruno, where he's clowning, like, kind of people from, like, homosexual groups. He's done The Dictator, where he's clowning, you know, people from, like, the Arab world. He's done Borat, where he's clowning people from Kazakhstan. Like, that's kind of his thing. He picks on a particular group of people. But Big Shad don't really do that. Like, um, he's got, like, all of these different characters from Swill, you know, um... And to be honest, I just find it mildly entertaining. I don't think anybody's going to be offended by his characters. I see. I don't think that he he was taking aim at Kazakhstani people. I think that he was taking, he was using, or he's even said this, he was using the Kazakhstan uh, location because simply people in America who he was really trying to target for being ignorant as shit have no idea what the hell or where the hell Kazakhstan is. So it's easy. Also, with uh, the Bruno character, it's like, okay, people will have their own feelings about people from the gay community. So I'll do this and then see their reactions to it. Because yeah. they already have their own prejudices. It wasn't so much him taking the piss out of gay people. Um, but it, it is. Uh, see, this is the thing. Like, I, I, sh- I, shared an art- I shared an article on it before. Um, I- I'll see if I can find it and-, and send that your way. You might find it interesting to read it. Um, it was written by... Um, uh, a writer that I like from The Guardian. But anyway, um, when she did acknowledge the fact that it is satire, like you've pointed out. You know, it is, you know, trying to gold people into a full sense of security and letting down, you know, letting their hair down and just exposing who they really are. And then now you get to see the ignorance coming out in the movie, right? So, yeah, there's that. But... Man, like, you can make a case for collateral damage. 
you can definitely make a case for collateral damage. And what I mean by you can make a case for collateral damage is there's always going to be somebody watching it that that's not going to know you're taking the piss. So it's going to be like, this is exactly what people from Kazakhstan are like. Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. There, there's always. There's always. There's always going to be some collateral, collateral damage. It's the best way to put it. Oh. But. Yeah. It's controversial, isn't it? It's controversial to do that in the first place. Like, obviously, you can win awards and people can say, oh, it's brilliant satire and whatever. But I, I think it, it can and is offensive to do that to whole groups of people. You clown them. Especially for, for kids. Like, come on, man. When we was in school, like, when I was in school, the Borat, first Borat movie dropped. And still to this day, people are, are making jokes about that movie. Imagine coming from Kazakhstan and, and being in school. And Borat 2 drops. Flipping hell, mate. Even countries that just are similar to Kazakhstan. If you if you look like someone in that movie, you're finished, man. <laughs> it's a burial. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, man. We move, we move. There's a lot of good comedy out. Um, what's another comedy we could talk about? Comedy movie. Coming to America. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the first one, and I certainly won't watch the second one. If we're going to talk about films, let's talk about Justice League. All right, let's skip coming to America, but I'm just going to quickly say that I have seen the first one. It's a classic. It's, for me, that's an important movie. It's something from my childhood, man. Um, and the sequel, it was never going to be that, was it? I watched it, but it was never going to be that. It was never no, sequels, sequels are a myth. Sequels are... So annoying because one thing, one mistake that people often do with sequels is they go into the second film expecting to feel the same as they did after the first film. You can't. It's like The Ring 2. You already know the little girl comes out the TV. It's like um, The Matrix. You already know that Neo is a bad boy. You already know that Neo can do things now. It's not him discovering his... What new can they show you? And then because you've already put this film on a pedestal, because of what, what it meant to you originally, all you're doing is setting yourself up for disappointment if you expect to you expect it to make you feel the way that it did when you were in that place in your life when the first one came out. That's why I don't expect any subsequent albums after Doggy Style from Snoop Dogg to be anything to the standard of Doggy Style or The Last Meal even. After the last meal, I was like, Snoop Dogg is finished. <laughs> on hand, on hand, like, it's cool, isn't it? Cool, but I'm not going to p- put this on and feel like, right, this is it. Even Ex- Extinction Level Event 2 from Buster Rhymes. Extinction, Extinction Level Event from Buster Rhymes is one of my favourite albums of all time. I don't listen to Extinction Level Event 2 with that same kind of energy because I'm in a different place in my life. I don't want to hear that shit. There's some bangers on Ely 2, though. There is, but I don't want to hear that shit. But um yeah, so um that doesn't surprise me that coming to America too didn't um knock your socks off, to be honest. Yeah, um oh, yeah, all right, let's move, man. So Zack Snyder's Justice League. I didn't watch the original. You're blessed. Did you watch the original? Yes, obviously. Being the right, movie obviously. nerd that I am. Yeah, but you, you just said you haven't seen Coming to America. How can you be a movie, movie nerd and you haven't seen one of Eddie Murphy's biggest movies? Uh, well, that's debatable. It's one of his biggest movies. And I, I, and I have seen it. I just haven't seen it in its entirety. You couldn't, you couldn't quiz me on it. 
I, I might have seen a bit here and a bit there. I can't even, I, I've got no recollection, recollection of the film from start to finish. And it was never one of those films to go back and look into. Like I've done every single gangster film. I've done all the big classic gangster films. I've watched every single one from Once Upon a Time in America, Carlito's Way, Flipping Gotti, all of them. Uh, all, right, all right, Mr. I Know Movies. So the original Justice League got a 6.2 on IMDb. Now, oh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, so the original release in 2017, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, just come out, 2021, um, just released 18th of March, has got an 8.2. So a whole two points has moved up. To get over an 8 on IMDb, it's a strong score. It's a great movie when you get uh, an 8 or above. Um, and that's with 234,000 um, votes. And it's still got an 8. Like, there's a lot of people that are going to say, it was rubbish, it was too long. Um, it's 234,000 people are saying this is a solid movie. Um, why is it so much better? Can I ask you a question? As a first-time viewer, having not seen the first one, or rather the the one that was first released what were your thoughts on this film what would you give it as a 10 oof I mean yeah it's strong man I'm going with I'm going with like, I really like this movie man it's definitely 8 territory I could go as high as an 8.5 man I really enjoyed it because like I'm a obviously I, I was a comic book geek as a youth um I, I used to read the Superman comics. I used to read the Batman comics. Um, I think I, I was more of a Marvel than a DC guy, but Superman and Batman were like, yeah, that was that was proper. Um, now, when the Wonder Woman movie came out, I thought that was absolutely amazing. Typically, the DC movies, I don't find them that great. They're not good. Typically, the exception being... Chris Nolan, Batman, like Jesus Christ, that was that set the standard for superhero movies, didn't it? The whole oh, trilogy was fire. Forget this talk about not expecting the second one to be as good as the first. The whole Chris Nolan, Batman trilogy was fire. Ten out of ten, every movie for me. Um, so for me, that's the standard. Um, that's a mistake. <laughs> I, I probably no, I loved, I loved them. Me personally, I loved them. Um, yeah, no, they're great, but they're not a part of the DCEU extended universe. So it's just like, yeah, they're, they're separate pro- properties. And DC cannot really go too wrong with Batman because he's such a great character. Even the Joker pops off. You know what? I was surprised to see the Joker in this, the Zack Snyder movie pop up right at the end. Yeah, they, they reshot that I just that thought, scene. what's going on here? I just thought that was a bit funny. Like, And there's so many movies that I haven't seen. Like, I've seen The Suicide Squad, but apparently there's a sequel for that. Is there a sequel for that? Is it uh, out? Yes, yeah, it's coming out in a few months, I think. It looks great. It looks great. It looks great. It looks like it's going to be a film that I'm really going to enjoy. Is it a sequel or is it a remake? Sequel. Because it's literally just called The Suicide Squad, and it's got um, Idris Elba in it. Yes, and John Cena and Margot Robbie and a bunch of others. Okay, so yeah, I'm not as familiar with the DC heroes as I am with the um, with the Marvel ones. But all right, I'm looking forward to that. I don't think uh, Idris Elba really makes a bad movie, man. He's he's, he's pretty consistent. Well, he makes a bad movie. Shout out to everyone who 
watch the Dark Tower. But um, he, he, <laughs> he does his thing in it. He does his thing in whatever he's put in. He's pretty consistent. Um, he probably makes more, more good ones than bad ones, right? 100%. But this is what um, I'm saying about Justice League. Um, it's You gave it 8.5. There's a lot of people gushing over this film because of how much of an improvement it was over the first one. You kind of have a reference point. So we'll talk about coming to America. The first one being so good, it's like, how are we going to top this? Mm. But when the first Justice League is so bad, it's not difficult to imagine people gushing over it. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So my question is, why? Why is the new movie? So I feel like going back and watching the original because I want to know why the new movie, why a director can come in is it just Zack Snyder's touch? Is he just like a talented guy? Is that what it is? Uh, Zack Snyder's fine. He's had some stinkers, man. Do you know what it is? This film is so much better because it, first of all, has the runtime that it deserves. So there's I've been a whole bunch of nonsense behind the scenes with him being on board directing the first, uh, or the original Justice League that was released in 2017. Then he left, and then he came back, and then... Joss Whedon from you know, Buffy and the Avengers, he came and took over and he kind of made it a bit more lighthearted and changed the tone completely because Zack Snyder's DC films have typically been very dark. Look at um, Man of Steel, for example. So yeah, it was, um, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, like I haven't really done my homework on Zack Snyder, innit? That's 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 where my issue is right now because now that I've gone on IMDb and I've looked at his history, I can see this is the man that made three hundred. Yeah, three hundred, and you you catch little bits of that. Hundred. You catch you catch little bits of that kind of. Uh, and the the mad for me that is an like absolute you. classic. That is like one of my favorite movies of all time, and it actually it's been rated seven hundred thirty eight thousand times on on IMDb, and it has a score of seven point six. So this hasn't gone over the eight mark, probably because so many people have jumped on it and said, ah, it's rubbish, I don't like it. But 7.6, strong movie, 300. Yeah, that's a comic book film. He's also done Watchmen. Yeah, I don't really get into that. I don't really get into that so much. Yeah, but, but a lot of people... It, like, it, was, it, was, it was great. It was true to the comic books. And, um, well, I really enjoyed it. A lot of people liked it, yeah. But yeah, Zack Snyder has a very particular style, very particular tone to his films, and did him rate, leaving. Sorry, did you rate the Man of Steel movie? I like Man of Steel because I saw what it was. I saw it for what it was. I didn't go into it expecting um, Batman level. I didn't go into it expecting kind of a you know mid Marvel level because I, I think at the time that Man of Steel came out, Marvel were well well in on the way down the road of like putting out great film after great film after great film so um yeah it's, it's so, like it came out at a time where everything else was going off so it's kind of hard I, to I, I just remember thinking it was like it was all right like it wasn't like nothing special like it was all right you know um i always watched the superman movies as a kid i remember like just sitting in my front room with the family and watching a Superman movie, like, you know, the old school days. Um, so it's something that I've grown up with. And if a Superman movie comes out, I'm always going to watch it, you know? Um, but um, yeah, that, that particular one, I didn't think it was that great. And then from there, Zack Snyder went on to make the Batman versus Superman movie, which is one that 
I watched and I remember at the time, everybody said, this is trash. Like, there was a lot of hype about how shit it was. And I thought, well, I wonder why people are, like, really going that hard to say that it's a bad movie. And then I watched it and I thought, uh, you know, I can see where they're coming from. It's actually not really that great. Like, there wasn't that much of a story. It was pretty much just all action. Um, and there wasn't much to it, basically. I think that's the problem with that movie is there wasn't much to it. So I wonder if he's taken that criticism on board where people felt like there wasn't much going on in that Batman versus Superman movie. And then he's gone ham mm. with this Justice League remake because there's so much going on. That's why it's bloody four hours long, you know. But it's great because of that. It's like it's the pace of it. Mm. It's, it, it's a slow pace. I wonder if the kids like it because the kids probably ain't got the attention span for all of that, man. But um, the adults probably like. Wait, well, kids, kids, kids haven't got the attention span for what? For watching a four-hour movie. It's not for the kids, and I think that's what the the biggest blessing is. Mm. This is this is a fifteen. This isn't a twelve. They are that typical kind of annoying thing that studios do, where it's like, oh, make it a PG, make it a twelve, just so we can get a few extra seats. It's like no. It's R-rated. It's not R-rated. It says R on IMDb. It's, it's a 15. Oh, it, I don't know how America works, but it's, it's a 15 over here. There and, was a lot um, of blood in there. I remember thinking, is this going to be like a Disney movie where somebody's head gets chopped off and then nothing happens? But no, I'm seeing blood and all sorts. I was like, yes, oh, this bro. Is really? this, 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 not everything needs to be for the kids. And I think that's where the first Justice League went wrong. They cut it down from four hours to two hours. Um, the first Justice League was rated PG-13. Yeah, yeah. So they that, that just kind of shows you their target audience. So it was it was shorter in shorter in half the time, much shorter in length, um, less violence, much less violence. It's just mm. like you you, you, ha- you have to com- commit to making a film a certain type of way. But unfortunately, they wanted to. Inter- there's a lot of interference. It's it's a long and annoying story, man. But <laughs> Basically, the just, Zack Snyder's Justice League is the Justice League that we should have got at first, but we were messed around basically. And what Warner Brothers did is waste all their money. They just wasted See, a bunch of money. The Batman v Superman movie is rated PG thirteen as well. Is there something in making a movie for a more mature audience then, and and including more violence? Is there something in that that helps the movie to be um, a, a better watching experience? Because this is rated no. 6.4. So this is like the lowest rated one of, of all the, the Zack Snyder superhero movies. Um, and it's a PG-13. The original Justice League is no, a PG-13. That's a 6.2. Nothing to do with the rating. The rating is purely the, rate, about the rating game. tells you what the people like. That's all. No, the rating tells you that the studio is trying to get people in the seats. Yeah. Oh, that's you're what, talking that's about the, the, the certificate, the age certificate? Yeah, I'm talking about people being able to, okay. able to watch the film. If you okay. make it a 15 or 18 or whatever, you cut the number of people who can go and watch your film. So they, they typically, a lot of studios do this. They typically soften their shit up, send it out, and they get more seats, but the film does a lot worse than it should be doing. Yeah, so they, they maximise profit, but then they, they hurt the franchise as a whole. We've seen it before, man. And Deadpool kind of changed things, and Logan kind of changed things again. Mm. So, um, 
Those movies were serious. Yeah, no, it was definitely um it was definitely it, 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 need, it needed to be a fifteen, needed to be this length. The story need, needed to be told in the way that it was told because we had no introduction to these characters, to half the characters before Justice League started. Like we don't know we don't know the Flash, we don't know Cyborg. And the first Justice League just kinda squeezed them in, shoehorned them in. It wasn't good, man. Mm. But this one's a lot better. Much better sequences, much better character development. Um, much better fight scenes. It's just much better as a whole movie, and it's a, it's better than the first Avengers, and that's not bad for their first big Ooh. their big team up film. Ooh, yeah, there was loads of little Easter eggs that let you know there's going to be more of these movies as well, which was and dope. there's probably there probably won't be. So that's, that's that's what's annoying about it. Ah, uh, why not, man? Studio, studio and licensing. Studio won't do it. This, this is something to look up now. Um, they, they, seriously, man, because I watched it. I watched it yesterday, and I started at like nine o'clock at night, and so <laughs> four yeah, hours, four hours in, falling asleep. I had to, had to, you know, go and make a cup of tea, do some stretches, <laughs> try and come back and, and finish off the last hour, half hour, because um, I kind of nodded off, but. What an experience, man. It was absolutely incredible. Even the way that they shot it. Well, they didn't shoot it, but the way it was edited in the 4-3 aspect ratio, mm-hmm. I think added an extra experience. Because at first I was thinking, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like it's been cropped at the sides and, and there's more content that I'm supposed to be seeing displayed. Mm-hmm. But eventually the story started to bring me in and I started to see how most of the shots, everything was perfectly actually in shot in the 4-3 aspect ratio anyway. So it was pretty good direction. And um, I heard the story about it, um, which is the way that the movie was designed. It was intended to be shown on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So the 4-3 aspect ratio is apparently perfect for the cinema screens that they have in the IMAX. So if you go to the IMAX to watch this, it's going to give you the best possible viewing experience, which I think is a bit of a shit reason to make a movie in, in 4-3, man. But, you know... I don't think so at all. I think that's that's what people get into cinema, to create cinematic experiences. Well, I mean, from from a filmmaking perspective, you know... We do love the culture of cinema. We do want people, we do want to put bums on seats. So it is kind of cool that a director can build that into his movie so that it will put bums on seats. But when you think about the fact that this movie dropped during a global pandemic where everybody's going to be going onto HBO Max and watching it at home, now you kind of missed the trick, really. Like if the movie was coming out in the summer, I think if the movie was coming out in the summer, then it would be perfect. It'd be a perfect incentive for everyone to go and watch it in the IMAX. But we've already seen it now. So a lot of people, yeah, the film, the real film geeks and the film buffs will go and watch it again. They will go to the IMAX and watch it to get that Zack Snyder intended experience. But your average viewing public that have already seen it, they're not going to do that. No, but this is the thing. This this is how the film was supposed to come out in 2017. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so they, Zack Snyder had already completed, I think, 90% of the film by the time some, Joss Whedon took over. So it's not like, yeah, this this is this this is Zack Snyder's vision for the original, but it got, you know, skewiffed. But, oh well. I think, I think, you know what, I think we can see that he's had a couple of, a couple of bites at the cherry. He didn't quite get it right. 
you know, with the Batman v Superman and 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 and, and maybe even Man of Steel to some extent. Um, but then you know he got there with, with this one, didn't he? He really got there, man. And yeah, he, was, he was he was building, man. He was building. He was building. Who's this Joss Whedon now? This is another guy I've not heard of. My goodness. Oh, he did the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show. He did Age of Ultron. Flipping hell, mate. A lot of people say Age of Ultron, they don't really like it that much. It's not one of their favourite movies, one of their favourite Marvel movies. That's because they're they're, they're donkeys. Age of Ultron is one of my favourites. So much happens in that film that if you watch it, you're like, oh my. If you, after you watch all of the Marvel films, watch Age of Ultron and you'll see that Age of Ultron is the most necessary of all of the Marvel Universe films. It It, it, it is the gateway to everything that happens. It's, it's great. It's great. It kickstarts so much. This guy's been doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer for years. Yeah, man, that was his thing. Mad thing. All right. So they got the guy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Age of Ultron. I think he wrote Age of Ultron, actually. Didn't even direct it. He wrote it. He directed it. Um, no, he did. Yeah, he wrote and directed it. That's deep. Alongside Stan Lee. Hmm. So how could how could a top boy how could two top boys come together and then make a terrible first version of this movie that had to be salvaged? It was right. just a mess, man. It was a mess. But um, it's here now, and I'm glad everyone can see how it's supposed to be um, seen. I'm glad we had this conversation. We cleared up a few things. I'm going to go back and watch the original Justice League and see just how terrible it was. Um, compared to this new, because this this was a thing. Like I don't want to give spoilers, but I could talk about this movie for a while, man. It was sick. I really like the Wonder Woman movie as well, man. I thought Wonder Woman was was probably one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, man. That was awesome. He directed that. Patty Jenkins. Wow, I'd like to see more from Patty Jenkins. And that was actually no, a PG- you don't. That was a PG thirteen. Why don't I want to see more from Patty Jenkins? Because the second one's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, you know, you can't get them all right, can you? Mm. What else is Patty Jenkins doing? She's doing loads. He's not working, man. He's not getting that working. Um, what else we got on the agenda here? We pretty much talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Well, we haven't talked about the Grammys. We talked a lot about movies. We haven't talked music so much. Yeah. I didn't even watch the Grammys this year. I don't think you watched the Grammys this year either. Why are we not watching the Grammys? Because the Grammys suck. The, the, the Grammys suck. I don't know why people still kind of want to hold on to the Grammys. The Grammys is an awful award where they seem to get things wrong a lot. And this this is after or after the very famous year where Mac where Macklemore won Album of the Year over I think Whack-a-more. Drake Kendrick. He, he won the best rap album over Drake Kendrick and I think Jay Z. Yeah, that was shocking. He even tweeted or texted Kendrick to say you should have won best album like he felt bad about it like no one needs that man like no one you shouldn't have sent it bro you should just shut the hell up 
Like, that's what he posted on social media as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, shut up, man. Shut up, Macklemore. Go away. He felt, but, he felt guilty. Yeah. And and um, the weekend, the weekend getting bumped this year. I think the weekend had like the hottest song ever. <laughs> Some shit with um, Blinded by the Lights. And not nominated for one award. I'm pretty sure you know he got absolutely snubbed. Maybe oh. maybe they put put forward his, his songs for consideration. I don't know, but don't know. the Grammy the Grammy have been Grammys have been getting things wrong for years years, and it's it's dead it's dead. Well, no one cares about the Grammys, man. Well, the categories, record of the year, uh, an award for the artist, the producer, the recording engineer, the mixing engineer, mastering engineer. Um, this is who gets recognised um, for the record of the year. And the nominations were Beyonce's Black Parade. Um, Black Pumas did a song called Colours. Don't even know who Black Pumas are, to be fair. The Baby did a track with Roddy Rich called Rockstar. I think that was a huge record. Um, Doja Cat had a track called Say So. Mm-hmm. And the winner... Oh, there's more. Post Malone Circles, Do A Leap, I Don't Start Now. Megan Thee Stallion... Savage feed from Beyonce um, and Billie Eilish everything I wanted and Billie Eilish got the dub everything I wanted wins record of the year I haven't even heard half of the songs in this list to be fair but I just know that Rockstar was like a number one and it was a huge record and I think there was an award show where they did an amazing performance of that song as well yeah um, Big, big, big tune. Surprised that there's a song bigger than that. But there you go. Yeah, they're just not rap, so you're not interested. But who cares about the baby? Like, the baby's a funny one. I can't... He's just 2020's Nelly, right? He's just Nelly, right? I, I guess I guess so. I mean, you are a bit blunt with your summaries, but, you know, <laughs> uh, I guess so. I, I can work with that. I'm not mad at that. Um, I do rate, I do rate uh, Roddy Rich. A bit more than the baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think Ruddy Rich is, is is what made that record. That's a nice tune. I like that song, man. Mm. That's a nice tune. Um, and actually, when you listen to the lyric, like when you saw that performance, it was quite politically charged. That award show. I forget what award show it was. Was it was it at the BT Awards? Maybe. No, not the BT. It would be the. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but it was a politically charged performance. It was like a, in protest of. Um, George Floyd's killing and, and a Black Lives Matter piece and, and and some of the words were coming to life as they performed it. I noticed it for the first time. Like, I never noticed it when I listened to it. And, you know, the baby, he's not maybe the most articulate wordsmith, but he definitely got his point across and, and, and shout out to him for, you know, speaking of social justice in, in like a number one record, you know what I mean? Doesn't have to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, Another category, interesting category to talk about is Album of the Year, right? So this is awarded to the featured artists, the songwriters, mm. the producers, the engineers um, that get credited with at least 33% of the playing time. Man, imagine I could win as an engineer. Like, Wait, so, so who won it? Grammy for that, man. That would be dope. Um, well, there's a lot of nominees. We want to skip all the nominees go straight to the winner. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's album of the year for her album, Folklore. Well, we haven't heard it, to be fair. I might have some slappers on there. 
I, I'm not really into Taylor Swift music. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm looking at the songwriters. I'm looking at the producers and the engineers. It's it's nobody that I actually know, unfortunately. Um, and I'm seeing Janae Eichel's Chilombo album was nominated, and I'm thinking that album is something that I love dearly, man. It's so dope. Mm. It's so 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 good, and um, just it's a shame that that couldn't win. But you know maybe. Um, Maybe Taylor Swift's album's better. I don't know. I've not heard it. Yeah, man. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing about award shows. A lot of people cuss the winners because it's not the person they like. But it's like, have you listened to any of the other albums? Mm. Like, no. Mm. Like, okay, there you well. go. I mean, oh, Post go. Malone was nominated. Dua Lipa was nominated. Coldplay was nominated. Yeah, nah. we. We some good artists shit. in there, man. Lots of good artists in there. We heard this shit. There might have some 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 slappers on there. Song of the year. I can't breathe by. Ernst, Emile II, her and Tiara Thomas. Mm. Written by her. Yeah. Best New Artist, Megan Thee Stallion. Well, she won it. She wins Best New Artist. Best over Kate Renata and D Smoke. Kate Renata's not a new artist. But, alright. Um, Doja Cat was in there as well. I mean, Megan Stone is new artist, well, you know, I, I, how is this based? Like, it's probably based on popularity in record sales, right? Bruv, and this is why, no, but if that's what, if that was the case, Michael Moore wouldn't have, you know what? We just don't know. And this is why we don't F with the Grammys, bruv. It's weird. They are, it's they weird. are being a little bit more uh, visible, right? With their judging criteria. Cause they've got these, these little summaries under the categories now. So they've got one that says the category, the best new artist category, recognizing an artist whose eligibility year releases achieved the breakthrough into the public consciousness and notably impacted the musical landscape. So if you think about the impact to the musical landscape, Megan Thee Stallion, that record Savage with the music video with like brass sculptures of boobies on the walls and the sexy dancing everybody went crazy over it i can imagine conservative america went absolutely nuts <laughs> um, yeah they did they were on, they were on um, fox news crying their eyes out so i don't know but i found these results on search who's talking to you oh, yeah they, they, were, they were on they were on fox tv uh crying their eyes out saying what's happening to america because uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B be twerking on TV. Middle America mm-hmm. is so funny, bro. Mm. Conservative America, Bible Belt. That's 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 a whole different conversation we could get into there. Um, but Megan Thee Stallion wins the new artist, best pop solo performance, Harry Styles. With what, with what song? Uh, Watermelon Sugar. Yeah, yeah. All right. He beat, I'm, he beat a, I'm a fan of Harry Styles and Jay, and Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber. Harry Styles is hard. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been having this 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 debate for ages now. Yeah. Harry Styles is actually very very hard. So for me to kind of turn my nose up and be like, oh yeah, they're shit because Harry Styles won it because he's popular, whatever, whatever. So like, no, Harry Styles is making some great music. I'm so alternative. Like, this is just really hitting home how alternative I am because I'm seeing best pop duo group performance. I haven't heard any of these songs. The winner is Lady Gaga with Ariana Grande, Rain On Me. And, you know, Justin Bieber did a collab with Quavo. Haven't heard it. There's another collab with Dua Lipa, Bad Bunny and others. 
BTS, don't even know who they are. Taylor Swift and Bon Iver. I ain't had none of those records, man. Mad team. Yeah, man. You need to, you need to broaden your horizons, G. Nah, I'm good with alternative music, man. It's, 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 that, that's, I like what I like, you know? Mm. Um, best pop vocal. See, all of the categories and stuff I don't even care about. Yeah, then skip it, man. Yeah, 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 double this. Hey, K. Trinado wins an award, though. Oh, best, he did, he did. He won the best dance recording. Okay, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> and he wins best dance or electronic album. K. Trinada, Baba. Hey, K. Trinada is sick. Do you know about K. though? Do you actually know about K. Yeah, he's old. He's been around for years and years. Well, somehow he's entered in the best new artist category. Which is, because uh, he's entered, like, like they said, he's entered the mainstream consciousness. <laughs> He's sick though. I'm gonna get this album, Bubba. I've already got it. What? It came out in 2019. Yeah. Flipping hell. I was actually thinking this was a new album that dropped last year. Why is the 2019 album? Oh, is this because of um Corona? So I think it's safe to assume. Anything that seems out of ordinary, just blame Corona. Yeah, that you know what? That album, Bubba, is actually sick. That album is cold. So I'm so glad that he takes an and a, a victory for that man that's dope go on there's obviously loads of categories so we don't need to go through everything i'm gonna see if there's a rap album there's usually a rap hip-hop album right best rap performance we've got who's the winner megan the stallion megan the stallion won it Best melodic rap performance yeah megan the stallion won best rap performance um We've got best melodic rap performance. So I guess that's talking about like, you know, like the, the kind of trap kind of singy auto-tuning rappers. Mm. They've, got, they've got their own category, which I think is great because to compare them with what the lyricists do, they're just rapidly, rapidly rap. It's a completely different type of genre of music that they're doing, you know? It's not fair. So that's great. Best melodic rap performance. Anderson Pack won it with a song called Lockdown. Interesting. And Roddy Rich was in there for The Box. And that's a huge hit, The Box. And Rockstar was in there as well, The Baby with Roddy Rich. And Anderson Pack won it. Shout out to Anderson Pack. Best rap song, Savage by B, uh, Beyonce um, and Megan Thee Stallion. Go on then. Best rap song, yeah? Okay. Um, yeah, that was the best rap song. <laughs> well, you know. It's what it is. A lot of people are upset about that, I heard. But, you know, it's what it is, man. What are you going to do? Best rap album. What do you think the best rap album is? Uh, flipping Pitbull. I'll tell you what I'm surprised to see nominated. J Electronica, I've written testimony. So that was like the Jay-Z and J Electronica collabo album, which was really politically charged you know jay's a member of the nation of islam and it, it, it's it's a dope it's a really dope piece of music you got freddie gibbs and the alchemist in there you got d smoke with black habits in there you got roaster five nines the allegory in there but the winner is nas with his king's disease album best rap album congratulations like nas didn't win grammys back in the day no, but he, but he wins it now. Is 
Is that the best rap album? You've obviously listened to all this all this music. I didn't like Royce the Five Nines the Allegory purely because of the production. Um, I think his storytelling and his ability to manipulate words is second to the nut to none. Like they might not admit it, but I know that he writes for Eminem. I'm not saying he's written everything Eminem's ever done, but I know there's songs where Royce the Five Nines written it and Eminem has performed it. You couldn't ever tell me anything different. Because I know the way that he writes and his, his styles and his flows and his cadence and all of that. So when I hear it coming out of someone else's mouth, I'm like, ah, oh, that's worse. But, you know. Um, so to see him nominated, I think is great. Me personally, I did like King's Disease. Um, he teamed up with, um, I think it was Hit Boy. It was a, a modern producer which has always been one of Nas's uh, critiques that his production isn't quite on point. So this time, he, you know, he got the, the modern production and he got himself a Grammy. Yeah, he needs to reach out to Rick Ross's guys. Congratulations. I mean, come on. Can you imagine Nas over that, was it Cool and Dre and that kind of Maybach music production? Wow. It would, it would just sound... Great. It already does sound luxurious. So just putting... Nas on top of that, it's like just the cherry on top of the tree, really, isn't it? I think Ross even described himself as the down south Nas in one of his, his songs before. That is gas. Like, shout out to Rick Ross, but nah, you're not the down south Nas, rude boy. Why, why can't he be the down south Nas? Because he's not good enough. <laughs> That's why. No, but That's, he's not, he's not a down he's not, south rapper. He's not in his lyrical bag like that. Because the, you, you know, a lot of the down south rappers are about this, this, this hype and this trap. <laughs> this bounce and and you know what I mean mm. and and if you, if you put it in context like that he's probably the Nas of the of the South who else could could who else could really take that title it's only Ross man I said Pitbull already right oh behave yourself man Mister Three O Five I think he's got a legitimate claim to be in the Down South Nas who the only other person that maybe could take that title is um, Killer Mike but because of his music with Run The Jewels and he does a lot of the bounce and he doesn't always do the lyrical um, and the storytelling like sometimes he just does he just lets loose and just has fun you know so yeah I'm, I think I think it's more Ross that takes that title of the Down South Nars man why not why All not right, I do Best gospel album. I don't know. I ain't even listening to gospel like that. <laughs> I was scared for the rest of that. <laughs> um, uh, Kirk Franklin. Say again. Kirk Franklin, maybe. He's literally the only gospel artist you know, isn't it? No, I know um, Kim Wilde's Smoking Awful. I know, I know a few. Right, 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 right. Kirk Franklin's, you know, just that. That that main guy who barely sings a, a lick. Yeah, he, the, the, he wasn't nominated. Uh, the winner is PJ Morton. Sorry. Oh, shout out PJ Morton. Yeah, PJ, PJ Morton's hard. Though, oh, I don't know. If you're a Christian and somebody calls their album the gospel according to PJ, is that blasphemy? And in, in, in what's that all about? Like you're writing your own gospel now? Sacrilegious. Sacrilegious. No, not gospel music, gospel. Like, what? 
like writing the scriptures, writing the passage. This is the gospel according to. But then, yeah, he could flip it and say, no, it's the gospel music according to. But, you know, somebody could misinterpret that. Shout out to misinterpreters. Oh, best contemporary Christian music album. Kanye West, Jesus is King. Mm. Contemporary Christian. They must have literally created that whole category just so that they could give him an award. Hopefully you turn up and make it worth watching again. But apparently, unfortunately, it was not. Contemporary Christian music album. Like, why isn't everyone in gospel album category, in contemporary Christian music album category? Because, you know, gospel means black. Gospel means people singing with their, 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 all their lungs, but doing their mad runs. Gospel means... By their definition... Uh, gospel album is vocal, traditional, or contemporary R&B gospel music recordings, yeah, and best contemporary Christian music album is vocal, contemporary Christian music, including pop, rap, hip hop, Latin, or rock recordings. So. By definition, what they've got there, they've kind of stipulated that gospel album is R&B music and Christian album is pop, rap, Latin, rock, whatever. That's weird, the way they've broken it down. It's kind of strange. All right, that's what it is. Um, And then they've got Best Roots gospel album. Yeah, no, this is going on too long. I couldn't care less. Like, the, the main bulk of the Grammys is gone. You're going into, like the best flipping tambourine player of a Mexican flipping mariachi band. No one cares. This is what Grammys is dead. No one's watching a three-hour show to get all these dead awards, bro. No one's watching all this for this. <laughs> just, just put the show on TV and then edit it and I'll watch the clips I want to see on YouTube and I'll read the list on Variety or on bloody... On, I'll, I'll Google it. But no one needs no three-hour show of artists yeah, that don't really care about performing yeah, and talking a whole bunch yeah, of rubbish, bro. Uh, if you guys haven't heard it, make sure you go out and you get Jesus is King, the best uh, contemporary Christian rap album or whatever. It's a good album. Go get K Trinada, um I forgot what it's called now, Bounce, Bubble, Bass, whatever it's called. Google K Trinada, look at what his 2019 album is. He won an award. The one Grammy Award winning albums are all going to be worth listening to. Um, really, we should listen to everything that gets nominated. Everything is probably going to be worth a listen. Unless I'm voting, I'm not doing it. It's going to be worth listening. It might not be your cup of tea, but, you know, it's, it's probably pretty bloody good to get nominated, you know, by yeah. someone's standard. Um, so, yeah, um, I haven't watched those uh, Daily Duppies yet. We should have been able to talk about that. The older freestyles. H has got one on Grand Daily. Oh, God. Um, Young's Teflon. Maugs or Mogs. DWE. Gigs, there's been loads um, that we could have talked about, but you know, what I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty much all out of talking topics right now, my man. You got anything else to say? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Pause. Yeah, shout out to uh, the kids who protested after uh, certain types of hairstyles were banned. I think this was a school in Pimlico. Pimlico, yeah, I think it was Pimlico. And they protested, and they, they set out what they were upset with, and they they knew what they wanted. 
and that's that that is that is a, a great protest where everything is laid out in black and white. Those kids done really well to organize it like that, man. Because there's a lot of protests out here where they haven't really got any clear goals or clear kind of things laid out. There's people with different messages over here. It's not this group's all protesting for problem A. This group's um protested for problem B. It's like everyone's on the same page. These are the things we're unhappy with. These are the things we want to see changed. And it was it was great to see. Unfortunately the government's trying to put an end to protest that they deem annoying. But, you know, um it was great seeing that from from uh, this collection of young people. And I don't think their requests were unreasonable. They even put examples. Um what what were their requests? Um Oh, I can't put up the list. But everyone, I urge you to go look up uh, the, the Pimlico school protest, uh, them being upset about a whole host of things that they have every right to be upset about um, and and carrying it out really well. Ooh, yeah, I man. can see the academy head agreed to take down a flag following the protest. They amended their uniform policy as well. So they're yeah, staging a protest over racist uniform policy. This is in an article in the BBC. And a secondary school headteacher has agreed to amend uniform policy and take down a union flag following a mass walkout by pupils. I did hear about this mass walkout. And I just, when as soon as I heard about it, I thought, good for you, man. Power to the people. Because this is what happens when we, when we don't stand for things, when things happen and we feel like, yeah, you took the piss. This is what we have to do. We have to take action. I think too often what we do is we feel like you took the piss and then we, we don't say anything. You bottle it. We just sit on it. We just we just let it go. We just but think, oh, this is just the way it is. People yeah, take it, the piss it, it, and it's just the way it is. But no, man, we have power to change it, to stop people from ever taking the piss ever again. And so everyone's waiting for that one guy to kind of step up and be the leader rather than taking that responsibility themselves because of what it might mean. It's like man. there's, you have to kind of be willing to be. You have to stand up, man. You have yeah, to, you have, you have you to, have to be the change. You, you know what I mean? You Like we can't complain anymore, innit? We can't say, oh, I don't like this and oh, and I don't like that because we're not doing nothing about it. We have to be the one that does something about it. Yeah, man. That's, that's the problem. Nobody wants to, well, not nobody because these Pimlico people did shout out to them. Um, and I saw a lot of that kind of spirit when I was at uni. I think I think being young gives you wings, man. I think when you're when you're young, you're just more energetic and you're more fearless. But I think the older you get, you kind of get tired, man. You know, you know, you know, you see what that is? When you're younger, I don't think you're more energetic. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think you're just you're not more of something. I think you're less programmed. I think you're less programmed to stay in line, to stand on the right, to stop at red lights, to, you know, just, you're less programmed by by society. I don't know about programmed, man, because I spoke before on this podcast about um, the Honourable Minister Farrakhan and how his speeches have changed over the years. And it's literally because he's getting old, isn't it? Like, when he was a young man, he was screaming, he was shouting, he was pointing, and he was electrifying and now he's an old man and he's, you know, he's calm and he's, you know, and he's just been very like, you know, he's, he's a lot more PC now than he was back in the day. Like now he'll be like, I am not a racist. They're saying I'm a racist. I am not a racist. When back in the day he was firing off the C word and he's goddamn C's 
<laughs> you know, so I think as you get older, you kind of mellow out with time. You view, you view things differently, man. Like, and um, I remember being at uni and seeing people trying to organize and arrange stuff, stuff going on and seeing stuff on the student notice board. Yeah, man, I learned a lot from, I learned a lot from being there and just seeing the stuff that activists were doing around me on campus. Um, and I respect that. I respect that attitude and that spirit that the young people have because I think we don't have it as we get older, man, or we have less of it. The spirit, bruv. Like, you know what else might be a contributing factor as well? Mm-hmm. Having children. I think when you have children, your focus changes to wherever it was before to now I'm going to be here and I'm going to look out, look out for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, younger people, I mean, I know you can't have mature students, but in the main, when we're talking about students, we're thinking of young people, right? Mostly. So I think, I think they don't have, typically they won't have children and they won't be worrying about that aspect of life. You know, they'll be trying to take life by the reins. They'll be looking at the stuff that the boomers have put in place and they'll be thinking, this is bullshit. We need to change this. The feminists will be waving dildos in the air. We won't be sexually oppressed. (laughs) Don't come out. Don't come at me, feminists, man. I'm only joking. You know, I like uh, making inappropriate jokes. That's my thing. Yeah, man. Um, But yeah, um, I've got nothing else to talk about. Just that. Any other business? Man said I've got nothing else to talk about. I'll tell you one thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about why West Brom are beating Chelsea 4-2 at Stamford Bridge right now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm. Wait a minute. Is Robertson running off? Wait, is he just running off? Is he just high-fiving Maitland-Niles? Wait. It's five. (laughs) Oh my God, I've got a stitch. (laughs) 5-2 Wait Robertson Wait I was just watching the replay Wait 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 Oh that's a lovely little ball uh, uh, The replay The camera is so far I can't see who's who Look at this He's going to dink him He dinks him from there Ah uh, Liberties It's a given goal With Who's that The army or whatever his name is Oh man That was a class goal as well Wow Chelsea, 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 go ahead and make it a blue day. <laughs> it's a blue day. Because Ryan has got the blues. You kept that quiet, didn't you? Uh, I'm, I'm watching it. It's 5-2 at home. To West like, Brom. Being home in a way doesn't matter in a season with no crowds. I told you the season's weird. Everyone's been doing this to me all season. It's like, I, 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 you don't have mad expectations. It's like, do you think, like, like I said earlier on, in this Corona season, anything can happen. If you just think that, oh, Chelsea at home, again, that doesn't matter with no crowds. And uh, anything, it's, it's, I don't know what you don't expect. 
Well, I didn't expect Chelsea to get beat 5-2 at home. I'll tell you. Stop not saying by, at home. It doesn't matter if you're at home. No one expected Liverpool team. to lose at home 7-2 to Aston Villa. Like, at home, um, no, no one expected these things. No one expected Liverpool to listeners, lose to Fulham. Listeners, for, for, for context, for context, yeah, there's 20 teams in the Premier League. Chelsea are fourth. West Bromwich are 19th. Mm. But as a Chelsea fan, this is something that's always in our locker. So I'm not surprised. What are you talking about? West Brom aren't even really fighting for survival anymore. They're, they're about 10 points behind Fulham. This doesn't matter. Oh my playing goodness. football. This doesn't matter, bro. You guys are trying to qualify for the Champions League. You've got all it, kinds of incentives. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Money, 60 million pounds. It doesn't matter, Cal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What did he do to help you win this match against the Minnow? Well, how much do Arsenal's players cost? Why are you lot so loading? Don't worry about Arsenal's players. We're talking about Chelsea. Arsenal yeah, we are talking about Chelsea. Arsenal Arsenal is, later. The, number of players that, the number of players that you... The, the amount of your players cost does not mean that you're going to get instant success. So I'm not fast. But for some reason, everyone expects this to be <laughs> instant results, bro. You know what? I know that if Arsenal play badly against Liverpool, you're going to absolutely roast me. And I'm no, because I don't care. Because I don't care. But here's the what thing. I don't care. Like, you weren't quick to try and tweet us. Did you not tweet us earlier? That was about Pulisic, because you're trying to shit about Pulisic. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is... Um, yeah. No, but come on, seriously, it's not it's not chatting shit, though, is it? It's, it's, it's real talk. Like, like a player of Pulisic's quality should be helping you to win this game. This is bad. He's this not is... the only player... Nah, he's not the only player on the pitch, bruv. There's more going on. This is, this is uh, what... Uh, Tuchel's first loss so he, he's not conceded goals mm-hmm. like this you know what you know a what? red card like if we're being realistic yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that deep to me and when I think about everything else uh, and the fact that Chelsea have these games in their locker and I've seen it for so many years now bruv you know, I'm just not I'm you know it's just to shrug your shoulders you isn't know it? what I think this result really shows yeah I think it shows the importance of Thiago Silva to that Chelsea defence because no, a team should be able to get a man sent off and not really fall apart. But getting Thiago Silva sent off, you guys just couldn't come back from that, man. That no, is, I disagree. Because Thiago, this, this is Thiago Silva's first game back in months. Like This is, this is his first start in ages. So I, whether it be him or someone else, there's not really much excuse for it. But like I said... But also, we're playing Alonso in a game where we have to be defensive because uh, the main centre back has been sent off. Having Alonso on the pitch will be a headache. Well, Alonso's been playing well for you since. Um, yeah, he, no, he has been. Tuchel took, is it Tuchel or Tuchel? Say it how you want to say it. But his um, took over. He's not known for his defensive prowess. He's not known for his defensive prowess. Our, our best player is arguably Mason Mount because he's, he's just playing with the amount of heart and the amount of energy that he's got. He's a grafter, man. And he came on after, what, 60 minutes? So it's like, yeah. If this was a Chelsea team that we know we can play and we had 11 men, it might be different. But again, playing at home don't mean nothing with no crowds. Uh, and this season just continues to just do whatever the hell it does. West Ham might qualify for the Champions League. I don't think everyone realises what the hell's going on there. West Ham, uh, well, we're still fourth. We're West Ham are one point behind Chelsea and yeah. they could possibly qualify yeah. for the Champions uh, Just wanted to add a little correction there because um, I'm on SoccerWay.com and it says that Mason Mount came on on the 46th minute mark. That could have been a half-time substitute, but it says no, 46 cool. minutes. 
yeah, and came on for Pudisic and he scored as well. Yeah, so they both they both of them scored. So shout out to them. But it's, I just think it's interesting that Pudisic was the one taken off so early in the game. The sacrificial lamb. We, we, we lost the Ziyech, player that bro. you could do without. No, we lost Ziyech in the 26th when Thiago cannot came off. So it's like whatever in it. That's a lot of money to come off the pitch. I think I think Tuchel was with that substitution was saying that I trust Mason Mount to do more in this game than Pulisic. He's more of an AJ player, sure. And also, we might have to lose a player off on that top left, change the formation around a bit because we've lost Ziyech because of Thiago Silva. And we used to have the two wide men in the, you know, uh, Pulisic top left, Ziyech top right. Pulisic scored, but it was a tapping. It was anybody, a goal. Anybody would have scored that. Are we discounting Aubameyang's tappings? I'm just On saying. Tapping. I'm just no, saying. no, no, no. Tapping's obviously I'm just worth, saying. worth less, of, less just, than a goal. I'm just saying. Even like if, the, worth, goal ki- if the goalkeeper if the went up for a free kick <laughs> and that fell to his feet, right. the goalkeeper would have scored Ta- as well. Tapping, tapping's are worth less. Understood. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm, just you know. grilling, I'm just grilling you, man. You know. No, I know, I know, I know. You get but, a man yeah. sent off, everything goes out of the window. But the problem is, it's just it's West Brom. That's what looks bad. But no. like you say, I think I've honestly been thinking it's going to come. Like T Dot's had such a great start, you know. You're not expecting him to go unbeaten every game for the rest of his Chelsea career. The mm. the, the loss is going to come at some point. When's it going to happen? You've had a great run. He's he, you know it's, it's happened now. You've we've won one, two, three, four out of your last five, and only got one draw against Leeds. Um, and you know, beat Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, which is you know, great. Which is awesome. Well, when we, when we beat Atletico Madrid, I said to myself, watch us lose 3-0 to West Brom. Because, like I said, I've seen it before. And, you know, wait, 5-2. That's, that's, that is essentially 3-0. 3-0. Okay. So, I'm going to lie. I, I want to listen to Joel Cole analysing what the hell happened to Chelsea. So I kind of want to end this pod and go listen to Joey. Man. Yeah, man. I'm going about my business. <laughs> Time to go um, back to Call of Duty. Thank you so much for coming on. As always, Ryan, it's a pleasure talking to you, my man. Yeah, man. Um, I Chelsea are going to be all right, man. You know, I'm just busting your balls, man. It's just jokes. Uh, yeah, I could. Uh, this is normal. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you like listening to BRB, you know what to do. Go hit us up on the socials at Beer Rap Vance. Continue the conversation. Come talk to us, man. We're all in lockdown. We all got a little extra time where we can just talk some crap on social media. Why not, man? Um, so, yeah, you can get us on Insta. You can get us on Twitter. Um, we're going to have Ryan twerking for us on TikTok pretty soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then when um, when Ash gets out of jail, Free Ash on for us on, on Snapchat. Um, and then we're going to have Ben on the Periscope. Yeah, and 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 yeah, we're gonna be popping, man. So yeah, make sure you holler at your guys. Look after yourselves, guys. And we out. Read up, Ash. Peace.